Hello, my name is Elaine, and I'll be your tour guide through South Central Los Angeles. Count my nose, smoke up. I'm from California. Where you from? So what? I'm from California. California. This is Los Angeles. Where we going? Westward, ho. What up, y'all? It's your boy BTG. BTG for president once again. Hey, man. Um, I appreciate the love that I got from the last show. Today, well, tonight, I want to share a special, a special episode with y'all. And it's uh, it's titled uh, The Day I Lost My Safety Net. So if you, you know, listen to the same shows that I listen to, uh, and if you heard just certain feedbacks that I left back on certain shows, depending on the topic, you would know that, you know, everybody had rough moments in life. Um, you know, so they, they, we've been a part of a lot of, uh, trauma and, uh, certain events that we'll never get used to. And two of those events or trauma experiences, um, has something to do with my parents. So, uh, and they were considered my safety net. And what I mean by that is that, you know, in this world, we need all the help we can get. Uh, I understand that once you get married, you have your own family, you're taking care of your kids and living life, providing for your family, protecting your family. That's your job as a man. And, um, you know, I accepted that responsibility a long time ago, married to a beautiful wife, have beautiful kids, you know what I'm saying? And and, and we're making it happen. We're, we're surviving in this world. But believe me, to the people out there that's, that's doing the same thing with or without kids, you know, um, single or married, if you had, if you even had an okay relationship with your parents, if you... If you love both of your parents, you know, that's considered a safety net because those those particular people will always be there for you in your life. Now, understand that it's a lot of people that didn't have a mom or didn't have a dad or, or a single parent household or they didn't get along with their parents like that or didn't have that type of bond or relationship or that love, you know, with, the, with, with their parents. And I, I understand that a lot. So this episode is not for them. I'm talking I'm talking to the people that do have their parents or even the people that had parents and lost them. So my mom my mom and dad um they were they were together for for a little while. You know, it wasn't long. My dad was out there in them streets and he'd been out there in them streets since he was in uh since he was in high school. You know, he was a he was a ladies' man. He was a ball player, you know. His 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 charisma, his personality. I'm I'm pretty sure I got most of it from him. So if you hear me, and I'm, it's one of those, <laughs> one of those outgoing personalities, smart remarks, uh, just a sarcastic little little asshole. I got it from my pops. You know what I mean. But I also have another side to me where I can get up and clean up a whole damn house. I could cook. Uh, I'm very caring of people, uh, even strangers. 
yeah, I, got, I pretty much got that from my mom, you know. And I also hold grudges, you know. I get that from my mom. <laughs> so yeah, I'm 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 pretty fifty fifty when it comes to my parents and and their ways and personalities and stuff like that. So just to give you a little bit a bit of a background, not too much detail on my parents. My mom and my and my pops went to the same high school. That's where they met, you know. Um, and of course, things didn't work out. You know, dad being an asshole and out there messing with women and shit like that. Moms wasn't having it. Um, you know, my mom, um, she's been working since she was in high school and she had her own place when she was in high school. She was always a person to want to have her own. You know, she, she grew up quick, you know, and, um, you know, my grandmother was telling me this stuff. So that's one thing that I admired by my mom was she definitely, um, jumped into the real world extremely quick and and she uh and she handled it well as for my dad um he was well known in the you know on the east side of l a in l a period he was well known because of you know he was a he was a phenomenal basketball player from l a um a lot of uh everybody knew him you know pretty much everybody until this day you know everybody that knew my pops when they meet me or if they you know they see me in the street or meet me for the first time and find out that I'm his son, his oldest son, I get three to four stories all the time. You, did you know your dad did this? You know he did that. Your dad was so fast. The one thing I used to hear a lot was your dad was so fast, he used to turn off the light, he used to hit the switch and be in the bed before the light went off. That's I used to hear that all the time. And my dad used to shoot from this range. You, you, you think uh, Steph Curry knew how to shoot, you should have seen your dad. I used to watch my dad play as an adult, you know what I'm saying, and pick up games, but I never had any high school footage of him or anything like that. It was only stories, only stories that I've heard. Uh, he's played against pros in the wide summer league games. I heard he used to cook cats up in there, you know. Uh, cats that was in the league, he would, he would just cook them, and he was only in high school. He never got the opportunity to... Um, to go to the pros, he did play. He did go to. I think he got accepted into Arizona. It was either Northern Arizona or Arizona. I got to double check. I got to ask my aunt again. But he was supposed to go there. Obviously, it didn't work out. You know, um, he had me while I was in high school. You know, as well as my mom. Uh, yeah, cause she had me. Duh. But um, it just didn't work out. And one of the things was a lot of people were telling me because you know it was a height requirement. <laughs> not necessarily a rule, but that's where they was transitioning to bigger players, taller players. And my dad was like 5'10", you know, 5'10", 5'11", and a short guard. Even though he was killing, even though it was cast like Spud Webb and Muggsy Bogues in the league and stuff like that, it just didn't pan out, you know what I'm saying? So that was that, and he pretty much didn't recover from, you know, the, the league and you know I don't I'm not sure what happened with college ball I know school wasn't his thing but there was no plan B there was no plan B and after that you know speaking of plan B you know my dad <laughs> my dad had three sons and you know three girls so my dad has you know he definitely had some kids pull out game whack 
But I will say this. My dad wasn't in my life. My dad wasn't in my life like I wanted him to be. Um, I've said before that, you know, Uncle Phil and uh, Dr. Huxtable, uh, you know, a, a different world. Like, though, that's what raised me. I mean, you might laugh, think it's a joke. I think I'm playing like, no. Like, I sat in front of that TV and I watched it and I seen what type of dad that I wanted. Um, not saying that's fair, you know, because my dad didn't. Some of the stuff he, you know, some of the mistakes that he made wasn't on him, wasn't all on him. But that's what I wanted. You know, if that was perfection, I wanted that. I wanted that. But even more than that, it wasn't just the lifestyle or the appearance that these cats had. It was it was more so of just being there. And, you know, my dad didn't keep a steady job. Um, and he was basically... You know, one minute he was in Bakersfield. If y'all don't know what that is, that's kind of like a... <sighs> Bakersfield is like a slow country city. When I say slow, meaning like it's not a lot of action. I'm not talking about the people that are slow, but it's like... It's slow like, you know, it's not... It ain't no gangs out there. Or at least no gangs compared to like L.A. You know, it's about an hour, hour, maybe two hours away from... um from LA, very like like I said, it's very slow. When it's hot, it's hot. When it's cold, it's cold. Uh, white people out there, they got some racist areas. This, that, and the third. But you know, my my brothers and sisters on my dad's side stayed out there, and so you know, he's back and forth. You know, either he was staying out there, or he was staying with his friend in LA, and um, yeah, and that's basically what it was. You know, I spent a lot of summers and you know, and some in some winters, you know, in Bakersfield with my brothers and sisters. That's one thing that he did do. He did keep us. Uh, he definitely kept us together. You know, I I knew my other side, so you know, basically that's what I'm what I'm trying to say. So I knew my siblings. He did a great job on keeping us in touch and things like that. Um, I grew up loving basketball because of him. And just because of what I've seen on TV, I grew up watching the Lakers. Uh, till this day, I still don't know what my dad's favorite team was, but I knew he played basketball. I knew he played it well. I always tried to impress my dad. The one thing, there's two things that my dad taught me that I remember, and these are the only two things that he's taught me. But I took away a couple of other things. But out of his mouth, he told me, you know, you need to learn how to dribble with your left hand. If you learn how to dribble with, with both hands, you know, you're damn near be unstoppable. You can do anything. I remember that. And the second thing was I was in high school. I think I was probably in like the ninth or 10th grade. And I was at his house. He was staying in Long Beach at the time with my younger sister and her mother at the time. And he said, he said, never chase women. That's what he was saying. He was like, don't chase these women. Um... He said, go out there and get your education, and that will bring the women. And I, you know, at that time, I didn't, I'm like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about, you know? <laughs> but now I, I kind of understand what he was saying. You know what I'm saying? Go out there and handle business. Women will always be there. If you chase women first, eh, I probably end up like him. Because that's what he did. He chased women. My dad was good at it, you know? Um... 
So yeah, man, that was, that's basically like the backstory on my pops and you know, uh, one special thing about me and my pops is that we share the same birthday. Yep, I was born on his birthday. So, you know, every every birthday I would call him or or if he beat me, you know what I'm saying, he would say happy birthday and I'd be like, happy birthday, you know. So that was something special. I took pride in that. I loved it. I loved the fact that I was born on my dad's birthday. You know, that's crazy, like, how that ended up, you know. Uh, two days before Christmas. I'm, um, I can't wait. I'm going to tell you about that. That that being two days before Christmas, uh, the, the, the gift and the curse of being born two days before Christmas, that goes towards my mom's story. But I'll let you know about that a little later. So, yeah, man. Um, I'm his oldest child, and yeah, I ain't, like I said, I'm not gonna lie to you. I, I, I love that guy, man. I did, I did, um, I did, and it was times where he would drop me off at my. I remember, I remember this one time he dropped me off at my grandmother's house uh, after spending probably the weekend with him, <clears throat> and. Um, he dropped me off, and uh, I just seen him just walk down the street. You know what I'm saying? I, I ran to my grandmother's window and watched him walk out of the gate and walk down the street. You know what I'm saying? It's nothing like, you know, it's, it's not like that was my last time seeing him. It was just from the moment he walked out that gate, I was like, I missed him. Because um, I just enjoyed being around him, even though he didn't provide how society wanted him to. Even though we didn't have that bond like I wanted, you know, it was the fact that this man was my dad and it was just something about him that I just admired. And, um, you know, watching him walk out, you know, it was it was it was it was a little rough, but uh, it is what it is. I got used to it. Um, you know, from time to time, though, he would come pick me up and we would go down to Bakersfield. And I would spend a couple of weeks, you know, depending on how long I was out of school, half of that time I was spending in Bakersfield with my brothers and sisters. Um, now, as far as my mom, you know, uh, she worked hard, man. She did. She did. She worked for the school board for a very long time as a custodian. Um, she had, but, you know, as years went on, her job kind of like switch you know she went from being a custodian to like it was it was some other physical work that she did under that title but it was different wasn't your typical you know clean up the classrooms or clean up the schools it was it was a lot of different things that she did just under that title but um yeah as, as long as I've known my mom you know she had some type of cleaning gig uh it was just that the school board one was the longest one I remember she used to work at this corporate building and she would have to bring me along and I used to have like uh, cassette tapes, uh, no VHS tapes of cartoons and stuff like that. And I would watch them in like this random office. Um, yeah. And then she had part time. She had part time gigs where uh, she may have been like a maid or something like that part time. Because I remember she we would go out to, uh, you know, these you know, this neighborhood and it was the same, it was the same guy and why, you know, with his wife. And I guess she cleaned up the house. I can't really, I can't remember it like that. It was, it was very, 
it, it, it get a little blurry when it when it comes to that because I was real young at that time. Um, but like I said, she worked for the school board, and um, <clears throat> you know that's what she did, man. Um, you know, just like just like a lot of cats, my skin color and my situation being with a, a single parent, uh, um, <clears throat> a single parent household, it was tough. It was rough. You know, we grew up poor. Um, you know, early on, man, like middle school, even though we wore uniforms, like our clothes. Before my older brother moved back with us, it was just me and my younger brother. Um, yeah, man, it would be clothes that was left in the lost and found. Um, she would bring it home and she would wash it, and shit, that's what we had. You know, we didn't have enough money to go out there and get whatever was the latest fits and stuff like that. Um, so I, you know, as a kid, you're embarrassed about it, even, you know, I mean, of course, we didn't let anybody know. But you're still embarrassed about it. But, you know, when you get older, you kind of understand that. So I appreciate, you know, she tried. You know, she definitely did that. Um, and then later on in high school, she was pushing me to, like, you know, I went to a, a typical public high school and, you know, played sports, uh, an average student. At best, and uh, yeah, it was crazy, man. My mom, my mom uh, used to work nights. You know, she was she used to get home about like you know eleven, twelve o'clock at night. You know, if we didn't, if those dishes wasn't washed, she would wake our ass up, and we had to go wash the dishes. Um, she found another side hustle, which was uh, she had enough money saved up where she bought. Uh, a vending, I think like a couple of vending machines, some that that was at her house, like it was one at her house, and then um, it was one that they let her put in the school, I think. And she used to have candy and stuff like that. We used to sneak and get candy. We didn't know that we was taking money out of her pocket by sneaking and taking that candy, but you know that was another hustle. Another side hustle was she used to bake, and um, that's where I got my cooking skills from. Because she used to bake these cakes, and she used to bake these cakes and pies and shit, right? And they taste so good that, shit, I wanted to learn how to do it. And she used to make these cookies, like these cookie bars from scratch that my little brother has perfected, by the way. These, like, lemon bar cookies. Like, him and my mom used to just, you know, they perfected that shit. I, I never did it. I don't even think I've ever tried it. But, um, and then from then on, I learned how to cook just dinner and things like that. My mom said when I was two, I was watching her since I was two. She said I used to get in in the sink. Um, you can tell my mom had. I mean, my my mom loved me or whatever, but we got away with a gang of shit. But she said I, I used to climb in the sink and uh, get the oatmeal, pour the water in the pot and put the oatmeal in there, and I would stir it up. That shit wasn't done. <laughs> I didn't put it on the stove yet. I didn't know that step, but... She said I used to do that. Um, yeah, so, yeah, my mom worked for the school board for a long time. Uh, and then she got uh, she got sick. I remember she got sick one week, and it was real bad. Yeah, we took her to the hospital, and she didn't come back. She didn't come back for a while. My, and my, my aunt, I call her my aunt, but she's really my cousin. But she she had to move in with us, and 
she stayed there for a while. It was different. I was upset because my aunt, she lived different, you know, even though I appreciated what she did because she kept that house like hotel clean. You know what I'm saying? When I came home from school, my bed was made. My shit looked like a goddamn hotel room. It smelled like lemons and pine saw and all kind of bullshit. The lights was always on because we stayed in a certain area and she was scared, but she kept the lights on, everything. Um, and then, uh, yeah, my mom was in this, she was in a hospital and I remember going to visit her. And um, I remember when we brought her home, um, we brought her home for the first time. Uh, she couldn't walk. She couldn't walk. I think her muscles was weak. Her muscles was weak. Then eventually, um, she got better. She got better, and she got her job back. And that's when they gave her a different job because she couldn't do too much physical work. Uh, she had bone spurs, like like it was something off in her foot. And I remember I used to always have to massage her foot, like the heel part, because she was like it's like a bone that that's sticking her in her foot. I stay had to massage the bottom of her damn feet. <laughs> um, so they changed her job description or whatever, and she did like light work, but it was still physical work. And she was good for a couple of years, man. Uh, still holding it down. At this point, we all trying to pull our weight. Uh, she got all three of her boys under the same roof. And um, my little brother, I think, was just going to school. Uh, my older brother was working for the school board, and I remember, I remember my mom telling me a long time ago, like after I graduated, or before I even graduated from high school, she said, "I want you to go." She made me go take these eight week uh, courses to be a maintenance uh, building and uh, what is it called maintenance and I forgot building and maintenance or something like that, basically to be a janitor. And I'm like, you know, that wasn't a cool job for no kid coming straight out of high school or whatever. But I'm not thinking, you know what I'm saying? Like, we don't know everything. That's why I try to tell these youngsters now, because if I still had that job today that I applied for and that I had got at the age of 18, 19 years old, I could, you know, I definitely wouldn't be doing the same thing, but I'd be making at least 37 bucks an hour right now. And or, and or teaching the class. Um, <clears throat> but I didn't listen. I didn't listen at all. I ended up, ended up losing that job after a couple of years, and it was a struggle. Uh, caught a case. Uh, was on probation. I was with my mom through everything. The, mo the, the day I went to jail, I called her. I was crying on the phone. Uh, she said everything would be all right. <clears throat> She said everything would be all right. I was just mad that I let her down. Um, my bad. You know, I'm the middle child, and it seemed like... It seemed like she always wanted me to do something. You know what I'm saying? And it used to, it used to make me upset because... Uh, you know, my little brother was there, my older brother was there. And she always, it seemed like she always called me. She always called me, whether it was, you know, Ronnie, give me something to drink. Or Ronnie, help me look for my remote. Or, Ronnie this, Ronnie that. 
<sighs> and um, every house my mom stayed in, I stayed in with her. You know, you know, my little brother, he was, you know, he, at one point he was at his dad's house and he moved back home. You know, my brother was staying with his dad early on and moved back home. Uh, but I was always there. I was always there every house. And um, the moment I went to jail, I was only in there a couple of days. That was my first offense. But my mom was there. I stayed with my mom until I got back on my feet. And, uh, yeah, I mean, she looked out for me. She looked out for me all through. I got my first marriage. It was rocky. And I remember I didn't have no job, and she took me to go get some groceries. And it was raining that day. And, you know, my, my first marriage was, that shit was rough. And I just remember just leaving. And I felt bad because my son was born at the time, my first son, my oldest son, which a lot of people don't know about. Um, you know, he was young back then, and he adored me. But the, the marriage that I was in, it was so... It was it wasn't a healthy it wasn't healthy, and uh, I just remember leaving and I walked around the corner to my auntie house, um, and called my mom and said I can't do it, I can't do it and I moved back with my mom, and of course you know my mom just she never denied us she never kicked us out or anything like that, and um, you know she was still working then she got sick again. <laughs> She got sick again, and um, she couldn't work anymore. She had disability, and, you know, at that point I wasn't working, but she needed me. And um, eventually I got a job working at the uh, oil refinery, and um, I got that job. You know, it was most, at the at the time, that was the only job cats could get with a record. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I mean, I got that job, and I was using her car. And staying with and staying in her house, and um, yeah, you know, taking her to her doctor's appointment, picking up her medicine, you know what I'm saying. I had to eventually I had to start like cleaning my mom. You know, when she was taking a shower, I had to help her. You know, at the, at this time, like I'm still keeping in touch with my dad, but it's like on and off, not seeing him that much, but still calling him. You know, and he would call me, definitely called him. Uh, on my birthday, which was his birthday. But I'm attending to my mom. She got sick again. And um, once she got like full disability to where she couldn't work anymore, that's when it started getting rough because um, she still wanted to, she still wanted to do things that she couldn't do anymore. And it, she just couldn't, she couldn't like deal with the fact that she couldn't she wasn't supposed to drive anymore. You know, she was she was cool with not working anymore, but she stayed on us about working. You know, because we got to pay the rent, you know. We got to pay the rent. And um she got sick again real bad. I I think a couple of moments that that stood out was you know, she stayed going back and forth to the bank so she could pay bills. And I remember one time we went to the bank. Uh, you know, it was one of those banks, uh, <clears throat> one of these particular banks. It wasn't a fancy bank or anything like that. It was just the area that we was in. They had, the, you know, they had parking 
and it was filled up, so I couldn't park in the parking lot. So instead, she got out, and she wanted to go in and handle everything, and I was to go and find a parking space. And so I finally found one, and then as soon as I came to the door, I just see my mom, like, flat face on the floor. And she had tripped, and, you know, I felt so, like, I felt bad. I was sad. I was upset because, you know, I wanted to be there, and it was just so much stuff going on. And throughout the week, her eye was swollen up, and it was black. Like, she fell hard. And I just felt bad because, like, she, she was my Superman. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've seen my mama cry before. My mama has, you know, I've, I've heard my mama in her, in, in her room. Her room was right next to ours, thin walls. She would just be in, her, in the next room, like, crying sometimes, you know. it it was, There was times where it was just full of joy. When I heard my mom, when I hear my mom laughing or watching her cry, she used to love Steven Seagal, um, you know, love Chris Tucker, you know, she loved, you know, just shit like that. Comedy movies and fighting movies. So when I when I used to hear things like that, I knew my mom was okay. But it was, you know, every so often I would hear her crying and it's like, it's nothing I could do about that. It was, it was just literally nothing I could do. I was young. I didn't know what to do. So when she fell, you know, I picked her up, we got in the car, I took her home. And it was so much anger inside of me because it's like, I didn't know what to do. And I, and, but she was so, you know, she's so used to doing things on her own. She just wouldn't listen, you know? Um, and there, there was another time where she wanted to go to Target and we went to Target, but she wanted to drive. And I said, look, I'll drive. She didn't want to drive, couldn't overrule, overrule her. She made a left turn uh, from the middle lane that you can't do. And we almost ran into a diesel or something like that. And I could tell she felt embarrassed, but instead of like apologizing or saying she was wrong, she was like kind of like snappy or whatever. And I know it came from the fact that she knew she wasn't supposed to be doing, she knew she wasn't supposed to be driving. And she knew like, she didn't want to give it up or whatever. And uh, those are the two things that I remember. Um, and then shortly after that, she got real sick and she went into the hospital. And then that's when she never came out. Um, and it was it was pretty rough because I was still going through a divorce and I didn't have anybody. I didn't have anybody to have my back at that time. Like, I mean, I have friends, you know, and, and that's cool. But at the end of the day, when I went home, it was a cold house. Me and my brothers held it down. But nobody had my back. Like, nobody was there. Um, and so just remember when I said my mom used to, you know, my mom used to call me to do everything. You know, when I would be in my room chilling, she used to call me for every single thing, even though my brother was right next to her, even though my older brother was right there in the living room. She used to call my name. So... The day before she passed away, I went with my aunt, and, you know, she was in ICU, and I guess, I don't know if she was asleep or what the case was, but I was scared to approach her because I ain't never seen her like that. Uh, the week before I visited her, 
You know, they had her on some drugs where she was hallucinating. She was watching the news and she said she was worried because she thought these people was going to get us. And come to find out this was something that she's seen on TV. That hurt me. And then you fast forward to next week. She's not talking at all. And my auntie, I remember my auntie told me, she said, look, she may not be able to talk to you right now, but you could at least talk to her. Say something, you know, say anything. Just go up to her and talk to her. And so I leaned over, you know, I put my face against her head and, and I, I just told her, I said, we're we going to make it. And what I meant by that was, you know, no matter what happens, you know, in life, I was like, I'm going to make it, you know, I'm going to make it, you know, whatever it is. I don't, I don't know. And, you know, after that, we left, um, went back home at about 1230 a.m. in the morning. I got a phone call from one of the nurse said uh, she didn't make it. She didn't make it. You know, I, I hopped up and I went to my brother. I was banging on his door and I said, uh, they called, they said she didn't make it, and I'm just crying, I'm crying, I'm crying, I'm crying, and my brother looking at me with like this blank face. My little brother wasn't in the house at the time, he was out, he was out, out and about, and um, I think he was at like a party or something like that. So, um, you know, I called my, I called my grandma, and you know, at the time my cousin was staying there, and I, you know, I got a ride to the hospital, you know, walked in there and we had to, you know, basically verify the body. You know, I see my mom, I see my mom in a body bag, you know what I'm saying? With her mouth open, half her eye open. It was just, it was, it was just, it's something that you can't erase. I can't unsee it. Um, yeah, man, I shit. <laughs> I was on suicide watch for like, a week, you know, even though I wasn't thinking it, you know, but the very next day, man, you know, um, we went to the park. My friends came and picked me up and we went to the park because uh, they, you know, they tried to help get my mind off of it. And uh, my wife, who wasn't my wife at the time, <laughs> my <laughs> the lady that I'm married to today was there at the park, but I don't think I've seen her. I don't think I've seen her. We was playing football at the park because they, they they did a great job of getting things off of my mind. The day that my mom died, they took me to the park and they tried to get everything off my mind. Um, and I had fun. Um, but <laughs> my future wife was there. And, uh, you know, ever since then, she came and checked. My wife came to the funeral. Um, it, it was all... It was it was a sad moment, you know. Uh, they they had my mom body in the freezer for like ten days, you know. And then come funeral day, uh, they opened up the casket. That wasn't my mom, you know. Like it, you know. They tried their best with the makeup and things like that. I think it was something about her hands. They had gloves on her hands, and that wasn't my mom, you know. It wasn't at all, but. That was rough, man. My little brother took it hard. Uh, we all took it hard. My, my older brother took it hard, too. Uh, yeah, and that was back in 2008. Fast forward to 2011. I'm at work, working on Scare Row. 
And I get a call uh, from my aunt, and she say, you need to call your brothers uh, and get down here uh, to come see your dad. And so I was at work. I had a shift that started at it started at 5 a.m., and I got off at 2 p.m. And, um, you know, I got a ride. Um, well, actually, I drove. I had a car then. I drove to the hospital. It was, it was in Long Beach, uh, which was like 45 to an hour away from where I was at, at work. And my dad was there unconscious, uh, still breathing. And, um, you know, they had to give him medicine, and his body rejected it. The last image I seen uh, besides the funeral, it was just like blood coming out of his nose. You know, he had kidney and liver failure. And um, yeah, he passed away. He, he didn't make it. Um, he didn't make it. Um, yeah, funeral day, you know, that wasn't him. That wasn't my dad. I didn't, I didn't recognize him. I didn't recognize him. Um, and then after that, man, like, uh, that was back in 2011, February of 2011. And after that, I was just like, man, fuck it. You know, like, <laughs> fuck it. At that point, I didn't have no safety net anymore. I didn't. I didn't. My parents was gone. I was upset. I didn't know what to do. Although I did, I was... Three years into um, a relationship, and um, yeah, man, yeah, man, uh, I got married that year. I uh, wasn't able to have my dad nor my mom at my wedding, but uh, you know, if, if a blessing did come from anything, you know, I got married. Um, the sad, the sad thing is, see, I, I have two other kids, man. I have, a, I have an older son. I have another daughter. And, you know, my mom, she always wanted, she always wanted a girl. She hit the jackpot with three boys, but she always wanted a girl. And, you know, I was able to give her, uh, I was able, able to give her, uh, her a grandson and a granddaughter. And I also gave her, I had the chance to give her two more. And she was just, she would love all the kids, you know. She she was that type of grandmother where she would definitely spoil, definitely spoil. And my my uh, my youngest Bailey, she looks like she she definitely has my mother hair, you know, thin. It looks like it's going to be long. Um, she resembles um, she got she got my nose for sure. She looks like me. Uh, she got my nose. And um, she looks like my Auntie Ella, but, you know, whatever. Um, but the sad thing about it is my kids are a blessing. My wife is a blessing. The lifestyle that I have now is a blessing. But everything that I accomplish in life from here on in, they're not a part of. And that's the part that bothers me. Stress, you know what I'm saying? It stresses me. It stresses me, like, going through this world without parents. You know, I used to look at, I could look at my friends, I look at my, my wife, you know, they still have their parents, you know, I call them pops, I call them moms, and it hurt, man, I don't tell them that all the time, but it hurts, it hurts, like, it, it, it seriously hurts not having parents, 
Swag. Swag. Uh, but that's life, man. That is life. So, like, I've learned that. That's why I handle things different. And my wife don't understand. I'm worried that when there's an obstacle, like, we got to deal with it. You know what I'm saying? Fuck that shit. I'm not scared of nothing. That's because I lost. I already lost something. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, man. Um, I went to church. I prayed. The whole nine. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know what's going to happen after I leave this planet. You know? But I hope, I hope I can see my parents again. You know what I'm saying? I would even take a deal where if I could just see them one more time, you know, because I just wanted to get some things off my, I got to let them know that how much they meant to me. You know, the things that they taught me. It was an important thing that they taught me that I never forgot. You know, um, I'm still learning how to be a man every day because, you know, my safety net was cut early because even when my parents was there, I was still learning slowly. I was a late bloomer on a lot of shit, you know? So what can I say, man? I hope I, I, <laughs> I hope I get to see them again. You know what I'm saying? I don't know which path I got to take to do that. It's just, I, I hope it's possible. I hope they wouldn't just hear and then that's it. You know, it's a lot of things that I want to share, a lot of things that I want to say. And um, just want to let them know that I appreciate them. You know, I'm trying to be the best that I could be. My, 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 my fear is that I leave early and my kids go through the same thing that I'm going through. You know, it's a lot of scars, a lot of pain behind these jokes. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's a lot. You can peel back a lot of layers, and those different layers tell a different story or experiences. So a message or advice to the listeners or friends and family that still have their parents or a parent, take advantage of that love. Soak it all in. You know, forget all the cliches like, you know, give them roses now so they could, you know, it is true, but you got to do so much more, like spend time with them. Because you just never know, man. You just never know. You know, my, my, my young homies that I talked about on Open Run, um, two young cats that lost their lives last year in a car accident, both of them, brothers, lost their lives the same time in the same accident. And, you know, that's that's that sucks, you know. And they went down... And, you know, their father, well-known in the community, had to bury two sons. It's whack, man. It's whack. But you just never know in this is life. So I'm dealing with it the best way I can. I take care of my kids, all my kids. You know what I'm saying? I'm married. You know, I'm doing what I can do in my marriage. I have, I have, try to have fun as much as possible. I have my ups and downs. We have our ups and downs, but we handle it. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to maintain this thing called life. I don't have the answers. I'm just, <laughs> I'm here. I try to accomplish as much while I'm here, 
and make sure I make it easier for the for the uh, you know my seeds that's left behind. <sighs> All right, y'all. It's your boy BTG. Wrapping up another one. I eventually I had to share this one. You know what I'm saying? It's it's part of my legacy. So BTG for president. Don't forget to vote for me. All right, y'all.